Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and today I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you today, just me and you covering season one episode five Mm -hmm. titled the wolf and the lion it was originally aired on may 15th 2011 written by dnd and directed by brian kirk Mm. and i'm not gonna lie man this This is is... this is a top tier episode of season one and maybe of the series as a whole you know we said that um last week is when it really hit its stride and it's just like all right this is game of thrones this is where it starts you know it's mm. or we're going now we're we're kind of we're picking up speed this is just uh this just was a, a top just top tier full tier game of thrones episode like this mm. was like in the style it felt even like um I don't think they've completely found the style of Game of Thrones yet still. Like, I, I still think that just comes later in the later seasons. But, yeah. like, um, probably, like, season two, really. Um, but, like, it's more like it, though. Um, this no, episode, yeah, we're really can there. stand on its own. Um, I don't know. It was It was definitely my favorite of the season so far. I just found that when I was thinking back to what I've been expecting over the last four weeks, like certain events, certain things that happen. A lot of them happened in this episode. And Mm -hmm. I did not, I didn't realize that like in retro, like looking back, what I remember about season one, when I'm far removed from it is a lot of the stuff that happens here. I thought Aria, here's that conversation between Varys and Illyrio, like in one of the first couple episodes, I thought the hound cutting the horse's head off was in like episode two. I thought, like, I, I thought fucking Ned versus Jamie, I thought that was a little mm-hmm. earlier. Like, I I just, I was blown away by how much happens in this episode that I was, that I just remember as being the beginning of Game of Thrones. And with reason, you know, like, this is, it is full tilt now. We are, we are rolling. Mm-hmm. The wolf and the lion. No, the wolf and the lion. And, uh. What a fucking goodie it was. Are you ready for something of a scene-by-scene breakdown? Oh, I'm ready. Alrighty, so we begin this episode up in the Vale. Well, we begin it in King's Landing, but I'm going to start in the Vale, um, where Tyrion has uh, you know, his blindfold removed and finds that his crew, uh, with a bunch of, bunch of knights and brawn, are all coming from the inn at the crossroads. They're on the eastern road. Heading towards the Vale of the Aaron. And uh, Catelyn 
have been saying that they were riding for Winterfell. You know, told everyone along the way, we're heading to Winterfell. Set it off. To, you know, he's like, this isn't the way to Winterfell. Ah, oh, yes, I told them Winterfell, but I said that often and loud. Um, and they were like, and he's like, okay, okay, Catelyn, I see you, I see you, boo. Uh, that was a strong, strong opening to this episode, or strong opening to the story with Catelyn. I was like, okay, she ain't fucking around. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that was badass. She was like, yeah, that's what I said. I was gonna do. Um, I don't know. She was, and. I don't know, just Tyrion is never in, like, I guess, like, in immediate danger, sure, whenever a bunch of people are charging out of his swords, whatever, but, like, mm. he, other than that, he's, like, never assuming that he's in danger whatsoever. He's, like, so safe, like, yep. in every situation. He's, like, I'm a Lannister, like, they can't touch me. Like, it, yeah. I don't know if it's that, or if it's just that's how he is. If it's just a Lannister thing, you know, like, my brother is James, like, he says that to to people. I don't know if it's just maybe, like, a front he's putting on, like, to... Nah, I take it that he's very confident that people just can't afford to fight with the Lannisters. Mm. Like, the Lannisters will crush them. It's just a true. fact. It's just a fact. Like, if they if they were to do anything to Tyrion... There would be retaliation from the throne. He is the queen's brother. You know what I'm saying? Like he he does have he basically has immunity to do whatever he wants. That's and fair. uh I think that's kind of how he's approaching it, is that like y'all y'all can throw me in a cell, y'all can do whatever. I know y'all won't kill me though. Like I'm safe as fuck like that. Mm. But yeah, he's like, Good good job, cat. That's that's some some good shit. That's very smart. Nah. He points out again that his uh his father will give out a handsome reward for his safe return. And Bronn's like, Oh, is that right? Hmm. No kid. Yeah, what's Lily. up with that? Uh yet well, another always mention. Their debts. Um Yes, yes they do. And yet another mention of the enigmatic figure that is Tywin Lannister, who we have yet to lay eyes on in the show, but has been mentioned several times. Hmm. When's his first appearance? It's coming know? up. It's before the end of season one. I feel like it's like episode seven or something for some reason. I wonder, let's see. I think it's once the war. A golden crown is next episode. That could be um, Viserys getting his golden crown, and it could be the Lannister introduction. I could, I could see that. Baylor? Baylor. That's, that's the. That's nine. where Ned gets his head cut off. Is the Sept of Baylor? That's insane to me that that's not the finale. Every time I hear it, it's insane to me that that's not the finale. No, that's I the end of the. I know. End of the that's penultimate. Insane to me. But the finale is the one where she emerges from the. From the fire. When Dan. Okay. Yeah. That's right. That's, that's the finale. Okay. Okay, but I swear every time I remember the end of season one, I swear. The end all cut to black was Ned getting his head sliced. Yeah. No. Nope. I don't know why. I just. Nah. Man, I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to get there because I got so much to say about that because just like first viewings and stuff, it's so special. But, uh, man, uh, nevertheless, Tyrion says that Lady Lysa Aaron, you know, he asks Catelyn, when was the last time you saw your sister? And she's like, I don't know. It's been a good five years. Tyrion goes, she's changed. Like, no matter how you think you knew your sister, she is different now. (laughs) Um, 
oh five years oh yeah she's yeah changed. yeah she's like, different it, he... <laughs> yeah and i see why um, yeah man she's uh, apparently gone mad since her husband's death and we'll try it. she's he's like i'm safe but if there's anyone who will just kill me it's her <laughs> or and the seed demand... yes yes <laughs> He demands his uh his innocence be known in the attempt of Bran's life and points out that he like he's like, Okay, so let me ask you this. Why on earth would I arm an assassin with my own blade? What the fuck is that? And uh, Sir Roger's like, you, Yeah, you'll be you quiet be now. He's like, Oh, oh, am I starting to make sense? <laughs> yeah. Like, damn, damn, you're right. That does make a little bit of sense. Yeah, they're like, God damn, yeah, the, he must be getting that. Frame Damn, I guess I guess you're smarter than I thought. And that'd be that's what's that's what's kind of interesting about the storyline is the way he is truly persecuted for being an imp. Like yeah. if he was not the imp, he he they'd probably be like, yeah, you know what? That's probably it's not very likely. You know, I feel like he's just getting judged. Damn, yeah, because he's Tyrion the imp. It's his it's his fucking rep that he would do something so sick and twisted. And why would the queen? Why yeah, would they right. be like the queen or Jamie? Like out of nowhere. Yeah, I, don't yeah. I don't know. But Damn. That's who's it? Man. Uh, poor poor Tyrion. Poor Tyrion, man. He goes through it. He goes through it before he really gets gets it good when he has it made. This man becomes the hand of the queen to Daenerys Targaryen. Just remember that. Damn. Like as you're watching this now, it's like I remember like how do we how did we get here? It's just so fucking good. But uh yeah, I just saw on Twitter the script reading of John. <laughs> Season eight. Yeah, John doing, you know, doing yeah. the deed at the end and seeing Kit Harrington's reaction, like, to, to the live script reading. It's like, it's insane, like, yeah, everybody's where we every... go. Yeah, like, it's just uh... absurd. But uh, before Catelyn can give him an answer about how. Uh, you know, is he starting to make sense? The the party comes under attack from one of the hill tribes. Uh, and shit really goes bad. Uh, Tyrion is forced to go to Catelyn and be like, cut me out. I'm no, use, I'm no use to you if I fucking die here. So go ahead, cut me free. We'll figure this out. He decides he's going to grab a shield and try to run. But as soon as he sees a woman go for, go for Catelyn's life, he, uh, he saves her by chopping this man at the knee and then bludgeoning his face with the with the uh, shield continuously pretty badass you know he was he was really thinking about leaving there he was like i see those horses maybe he was like man it's really hard for me to climb up on a horse i don't really have much you know because i that's i don't know i it's hard for a normal human to do that you know like yeah, climbing up on a horse regular sized I did that. I've tried that once in my life. I will never take that for I. Seeing how people get on horses in movies, how effortless they just hop up there—that's insane. And maybe I'm just a short. I guess I am short, but like, still, horses are big as fuck, dude. It takes a leaping ability that's impressive. Like, that's insane. Um, yeah. Weird side tangent. Um, but like, I don't know. It was really cool, like seeing him debate the choices and. And, you know, being like, no, I really need to, you know, like, ah, I can't do this. Yeah, I really like, got to stab this guy the with best way to, The best way to prove his innocence is if his original accuser is like, yeah, I don't see why he'd do it. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, he's done a lot for me since, saved my life and stuff. I guess it doesn't really make sense for him to have been the one who tried to kill my son. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of plus sides to saving Catelyn's life, and uh, after this, the way Bronn was like, "Is that your first? He's like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "You need a woman. Nothing like a woman after a fight." I'm I'm down if she is. <laughs> God, man, this show is just it's so it's just so men. I don't know, you know, it's men. just like it's there's no no woman in thought. During the writing process, mm-hmm. you know, no, no, George just didn't eat. He, he has no fem. He's not in touch with his feminine side. You could say, no, probably not. Uh, probably not. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't strike me as the, the type of fellow to be, but, uh, this, this part is also the, where we get the line, iconic line from Braun that I think mm-hmm. Tyrion eventually says in regards to Casterly Rock with the, uh, with the unsullied he's like uh as a good friend of mine once said give me 10 good men and i'll impregnate the bitch he says Tyrion says that about Castle says that during you remember the montage in like season fuck seven i guess when they so the lannisters go and take um high garden and that's where he kills uh uh olena marta uh, o- olena tyrell Mm-hmm. And she's like, tell Cersei, I want her to know it was me. The only reason they could get there unhindered is because they thought they were posted up at Casterly Rock. Uh, the Lannisters did what Rob does to them here in about a season. They decoyed their home base and the Unsullied stormed there. Tyrion was like, I know this place better than anybody. I grew up here. So, and they're like, they say Casterly Rock is impenetrable, but give me 10 good men. And some climbing climbing sticks, and I'll impregnate the bitch. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, and then, huh. then this Grey line Worm. felt familiar. Yeah. For yeah. some reason, I don't know. It felt like a something, or maybe just I remembered just Braun. Just I don't know. Just one of the most it's a pretty lines. iconic lines. It's um, a pretty iconic line. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know because for a second I'm like, wait a minute. Did he climb the wall like with that one group? And I'm like, no, nah, Bron didn't nah. make it out to the wall. I'm like, no, he didn't make it up there. No, nah, he uh, didn't. But give me ten good men and I'll impregnate the bitch. God damn. Gotta love Bron. Gotta love Bron. Uh, but in the high hall of the Erie, Lady Lysa Aaron holds court on behalf of her son Robin. <laughs> and as soon as we see them, we see Robin just going ahead and sucking away at that lady Lysa's titty. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's not hesitating in the meantime to go ahead and let everybody witness and yell, yell at Kat. You know, she's furious that she's brought Tyrion here, endangered all of them by bringing him to the Vale. And Tyrion's like, yeah, I mean, sh- sure, but, you know, if I'm hurt, there will be war with House Lannister. Like, y'all are fucked if I get hurt. And Lysa's like, I don't give a fuck. The veil is impregnable. As Bron Bron would beg to differ, but she's like, "You can't, you can't fuck with this place. You know we got it." And uh, Robin's like, "Well, he's not the bad man." Unlatches long enough to uh, ask if he can send this guy through the fucking uh, the fucking 
giant Trap hole door. in the middle of the room. Did they have a name for it? I don't think it, yeah. it's not, it wasn't said in this episode. See, he says, I want to see the bad man fly. I feel like they say, like, open the blah, 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 or, you know. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. I can't remember, but, yeah, they definitely call it something. (gasps) No! I don't think we got a Hodor this episode. We did not get a Hodor this episode. Damn, Hodor counter zero. That's a sad... Well, we're still at three. Still at three. Um, Still at three. There's there's plenty of Hodors later. I know they'll make up for it. I know they'll make up for it. That's okay. Um but nevertheless, instead of instead of anything here, they're like, you know what? Fuck it. Put them in the cells. Uh, go ahead and send them to a cell. Make them introduce them to Mord. Is that his name? Mord. Yeah. Yeah. M O R D. Introduce him to Mord. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. That's just yeah. that just does not sound good. No. Um, yeah. He just he just fucking like growls and like barks. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. He, no, I, he said. Frankly, uh, frankly he, he I love said Mord. something to him. He, yeah, he was like something imp. Like he, he like yeah. um something something something. I don't know. Like he snarked at him and then just kind of and right. then just walked away. Yeah. Fucking Mord. I love Mord. This is a real one. I like Mord. Uh, he's fucking crazy. favorite character Mord. of the episode. Insane Mord. energy. Just just insane energy coming Mord. off of Mord. <laughs> I love me some Mord, but uh. Yeah, so he's uh he's he's like, you know what, I'll try and, you know, huddle in a corner, try not to roll out. Dude. And the way it's like angled down like a little bit, it's like the floor is slightly slanted, so if you were to roll, you'd roll right off. Like that's that's just brutal. That's that's like that's horrifying. I would I I even if it out. even if it were the opposite way even if it was like more inclined to fall into the room I mm. still don't think I could fall asleep I still no. think I would roll off the edge you know even if even if it was like fifteen feet inclined <laughs> right. still into the wall I still like no just an open end no Mm-mm. um that's no. no. Uh, I don't like yeah I don't I don't like that. Um but if you get some climbing spikes though apparently that's all you need. You can impregnate the bitch. Um but uh I think that might just have to be the line of the episode. <laughs> like I don't know. Um I I'm waiting I'm waiting to hear a different one. You know, I'm I'll, yeah, I'll wait. But I don't I'm, really I'm know. Waiting. I don't know that there is a contender. <laughs> I've uh at least from that storyline that's like a for sure. Yeah. That's like a for sure winner from that storyline, I think. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't think there's anything else in that scene that I would be like, oh, yeah, that was fucking awesome. But uh, that's that's it for the Vale storyline this week. Tyrion gets locked up, uh, moored outside, watching his fucking cell, and that's it. But I certainly wouldn't like to be in that situation. Uh, but next up, we're at Winterfell, and it's a nice brief scene at Winterfell, and the rest of it we're in King's Landing. This was a King's Landing heavy episode. Yes, it was. Uh, Danny wasn't in it at all. Neither was John. Yeah, oh damn, yeah. No wall, John, no Danny. No, that's, no, that's no wall, no. Man, if you don't get one, you don't get the other. Yep. Damn. Yep. But uh, up at Winterfell, Bran is kind of upset about his mom's absence. You know, uh, after Maester Lewin has been quizzing him about everybody's house words, and he's like, uh, he gets asked, which, what are the words of House Lannister? He says, the Lannister always pays his debts. He's like, ah, oh, no, a 
popular saying, but not their words. Idiot. Idiot. <laughs> You're not the thread raven. You don't know anything yet, stupid. Stupid little dummy idiot. What? A... Hear me roar. That's. Oh, yeah, I have the. Oh, true. I could have just yeah, looked it's up. Hear me, I guess. hear me roar is hear the Lannister roar. words. Hear me roar. Do the roar. <laughs> That's all I think of whenever I hear that kind of <laughs> do the roar. That's just all the Lannisters are to me. Wow. But, uh,. He he throws out one that's like a family honor duty. Mm. And uh Maester Lewin's like, Come on now, you know that's house Tully, that's your mom's house. Come on. He goes, Oh yeah? Oh yeah? And family's supposed to come first, right? Mm. Maester Lewin's like, Man, you can't do that, dog. He's like, Nah, 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 I'ma do it though, Maester Lewin. Family comes first, right? And uh <laughs> Maester Lewin is like, a, yes, but, you know, she went down there because it protects the family. He's like, how can she protect her family if she isn't with her family? Is she going to be back soon? Yes, she'll be back soon. Oh, do you know where she's at? No. Then how could you possibly know what, if she's going to be back soon? I just loved the way that Brand's, Brand's like, he's a smart little fuck. You know, like, I know we're calling him a little dumb, stupid idiot, but like, uh. Dude, everything he says, I take with a grain of salt now because of who he becomes, you know? Like, mm. every single thing. Because of how, like, the Three-Eyed Raven somehow is, like, forever and all. I don't know. Something's going on that we have no idea how the fuck it works. So mm. I take everything he says with a grain of salt. And I had the sure. thought of, like, you know, if family comes first and he and he's like, what's the point if you're not with them? Blah, blah, blah. Very end. Like, out of his family? Rob and Rickon. I guess that's it. But he's he's with like everyone else, like at the end, you know, like. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, like, if that was his goal. If that's like, I don't know, family comes first, and he like because some people think like was Bran just meant to be on the throne? He did he know he was just meant to be on the throne, or like did he manipulate? it to become that way you know like right how does that all work out but like did he find a future where he was with the most family that he could possibly have you know like because the future wasn't bright for the starks um no. like many of them were about to die um upcoming here soon well i'll um, uh i'd counter that with the idea that he's actually not with family mm-hmm when okay. he becomes the king. I guess Arya goes boom. Arya heads west. John's John north of the wall. Sansa's, Sansa's Literally they the go every other direction. Yeah. All of, none shit. of them end up together. Sansa oh ends God. up queen in the north. Bran's on the throne and that's it. So like they're, maybe, they're all over the place. Maybe it's more of like not together but like his family has reached their highest potential. Yeah what they, what they always wanted. Like John is gonna fucking break shit north of the wall. Arya is just going to dominate Gosh. wherever she goes. Sansa's already yeah, everyone the next bad. king beyond the wall, baby, after Mansraider. The next night king, if I had to guess. That's that's a I I I love this theory. It's bold. It's a loop. It's a loop. It's a loop. John, but... Arya killed her brother. No. Yes, no. Yes. Arya killed 
Yeah. Cousin. No cousin. Arya killed her cousin. Yeah. Technically. Yeah. yeah. Technically. But nevertheless, Bran keeps getting frustrated here and not being able to practice his archery as he watches Theon go. And another interesting just imagery knowing where the show goes is watching Bran sitting with Theon standing in front of him shooting a bow. Uh, there was almost there was a shot from Bran's perspective of Theon shooting that just kind of reminded me of like a, a very specific shot from The Long Night, season eight, episode three, where again uh, he's using live tar well not live targets but living dead targets uh, mm. as they charge at Bran. But yeah, just just more interesting stuff there, and Bran keeps getting upset. But Lewin suggests you know. You could use, you could learn to use a bow if this saddle that Tyrion designed works. You know, it could be, could be very cool. The Dothraki learned to shoot a bow on horseback when they're like four. You could do that. This was actually like a cute moment. Not gonna lie, he's like, oh, I love yeah, it. The, the Dothraki learned it for. Why can't you? You know, it was just like, man, yeah, that's like, that's like, you couldn't have said anything better right there. No, actually. yeah, Maester Lewin's a real one, man. You know, I, I, I fuck with Maester Lewin, and I only like him more and more every time I rewatch the show, just because he's. He's, you know, one of the big things we had problems with, with like House of the Dragon is that there's no like reasonable characters. They're all fucking crazy in some way yeah. or another. Mm. There's no just like normies. Maester Lewin is a normie. He is just a guy who yeah. happens to be a maester. He just um, knows a bunch of shit. Mm. He's seen enough, and he's like he's he's like he's just real. He's got now. a good heart, you know. Yeah. Like he's he's trying. He tries he's to do the right maester. You know, he's yeah. the maester of Winterfell. He's got to be honorable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but. uh yeah, Bran's like, fuck yeah, dope, okay, yeah, I guess I could do this. And uh, that's where we leave Bran for the episode. But elsewhere in the castle, Theon enjoys the attentions of his favorite bestie, Roz. Uh, they get to they get to sucking and fucking. And uh, <laughs> he becomes annoyed when she compares his, uh, you know, ability in the sack to... Uh, to Tyrion Lannister and not so uh, not so glowing review for Theon. He's like, you know, I've always wondered what's Theon Black? He's like, ah, he's good with his hands and his mouth and all this. Oh, yeah. Fucking love fucking the imp. Yeah. Uh, and she, he's like, Ugh, I don't want to hear about that shit. Why'd you ask, little pussy boy? I like that Roz knows she can fuck with Theon. Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't give a fuck, dude. I don't know. She knows who she is, true mm -hmm. and true. Um, she's like, I don't know. Even even after like Theon gets a little aggressive, like she's still like, oh yeah, um, she just keeps talking shit. Yeah, just like I don't really care. Like you're nothing to me. Really. You're nothing to me. You're a fucking you're a little bitch boy. Uh, yeah, I I love Roz. I love Roz. And uh, another another great scene for her there, but. Uh, She's gonna be heading south here before long. Can't can't be That's many. That's nuts. Yeah. Can't be a can't be more than a couple episodes out that she heads for King's Landing. But uh, any hoozle that brings us to the end of Winterfell storyline this week. Mm. And uh, lastly, and for a giant chunk of this episode, we are in King's Landing. The rest of the episode, right? Yes, that is correct. Else? We don't have another location. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was just King's Landing. 
Very um, King's was Landing. Was not a heavy. bad thing, though. Not a bad. No, thing not at one all. bit. In fact, this is where, this is like I said. This is what I remembered season one being. We've mm. spent surprisingly little time in King's Landing up to this point. Mm. Like I know it was like a central hub for the last episode specifically, but like through the first three, it's kind of it's Winterfell, the King's Road, the Wall, and then episode four and five are like King's Landing. Let's do it, baby. Um, but uh, yeah, this is where uh, Ned Stark arrives at the tourney ground to speak to Lord Commander Barristan Selmy about the suspicious death of Sir Hugh of the Vale. And Barristan notes that he had no family or friends, so he stood the night's vigil himself. And uh, Ned's like, I don't know, man. How could he afford a new set of armor so fucking soon after being made a knight? It doesn't make sense that he could afford this armor so soon after becoming a knight. And Barristan's like, yeah, you know, it's... It is what it is. And the way Ned's like, uh, so, yeah, I understand it's random. Like, why did he end up facing the mountain? He's like, uh, well, they, they all draw, they draw straws. And he's like, uh, yeah, but who's holding the straws? Mm. You know, who made sure that Hugh is facing the mountain? And I was like, okay, this man's digging deep. Um, but Barristan's like, ah, you know what's kind of funny? That we fought each other in a war once during Robert's Rebellion. Ha <laughs> ha. Good times. Um, and I like, really yeah, hope it's crazy. Just, like, see that one day. Like, some of that yeah. action. I don't know. Like, it's, 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 we just heard about it so much. Robert's Rebellion. We, we'll see it. And we'll like, see it one day. 17 years, you know, that we hear, like, later this episode, they really hammered it. It's like, man, these 17 years that are just lost to Game of Thrones history. You know, it's like, mm. Ah, just one. Well, he's at this point. Robert's been king for seventeen years. Yeah, I guess. Damn. And then it's the time right before that that is really the the compelling shit. But uh, how long is the the rebellion? Is it just the killing of the Mad King, and that's it? How long did that take? No, it was a war. You know, they fought battles with the Targaryens. Yeah, he he wiped out every every Targaryen. That was his goal, right? And then so like. Viserys and Daenerys are just like escaped Targaryens just out like east basically ah I clicked on Robert's Rebellion it began in 281 after Aegon's conquering it began with the execution of Rickard and Brandon Stark ah. it began with the killing of Ned's father and brother Okay. And ended in 282 after Aegon's conquering. So a year. About a year-long conflict. Okay. That, okay, that makes more sense, actually. And then he's, his ruling has just been for 17 years. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. I guess, yeah. Because um, yeah. John's, John's 17, and he came home from the war with a baby. That's right. Yeah. And that's why Lyanna... Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that yeah, lines yeah. up everything a lot. Yeah. Okay. okay. A little bit clear, clear image of what's going on there, but I loved the way that uh, I love whenever Barristan's around. Everyone's like, "God damn, man! Yeah, you're really good at shit. Like, you're a really good fighter." Like Jamie being like, "One of the best moves I've ever seen last week," and then Ned mm. being like, "And I am quite thankful I never had to face off with you, as is my wife, because um, I'd be dead. 
I'd be God, damn, you're just the goat, man. He's just the undeniable goat. That would be a good. That'd be a great feeling. I mean, man, even in your old age, for people to be like, "Damn, dude!" I mean, you're just still go- so goaded. I am actually still afraid of you, just even being near you. Right. Um, I, I don't. I'm kind of scared, but honored at the same time. And I love the way Barristan's like so humble about. It. He's like, "Hey, come on now, Ned. You've cut down some of the greatest knights yeah. of all time." And like that was that was cool Very too. Cool. Like we've heard a little bit about how Ned's like, oh, "I don't want. I don't fuck with tourneys because I don't want people mm-hmm. to know what I can do if we get in a real fucking fight." You know. We hear this. He's like, "Oh, you've cut down some of the greatest knights of our time." Shit like that. Like, uh, it's it's cool, especially later on when you see him face off with Jamie Lannister, who is considered like the fucking dude and they fight each other to a fucking draw like jamie does not win that fight like yeah, that's that uh, a fucking guy and that's one guard. A g he's a that's fucking like, g up there for worst character of all time worst character of the episode freaking lannister guard idiot yeah, whatever fucking idiot decided to stab him through the leg um what if lannister guard isn't an idiot What's what's that episode? Does Ned kill him? Does Ned chop off Jamie's hand? Does There's no telling. There's no telling how different the landscape of, of this place could be. Frankly, like that's what's crazy is this is one of the best possible endings to this conflict as far as not inciting war. Mm. You know, like if Ned True. kills Jamie, war. If it, Jamie yeah. kills Ned, war. Yeah. Um that yeah. <laughs> No way around that one. Um, there will be a war fought. Yeah. Hand of the King, resignation, death. That's not. Mm-mm. That's war. Yep. Um, yep. Not going to go well. Not going to go well. But any hoozle, uh, he also tells Ned here that King Robert is planning to joust during the day's activities. It's like, yeah, he's planning to he's planning to suit up and get out there. And Ned finds King Robert tormenting his squire, Lancel Lannister, as uh, he's struggling to put on his uh, his chest plate for his armor. And uh, he's like, "Oh, come on now, come on, you bloody fool!" And uh, Ned's like, "You're too fat. You're too fat for your armor." And he's like, "What did you say?" I lo- I just. Interactions between Sean Bean and Mark Addy as Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon is some of the greatest shit this show has to offer. It's so like whenever, whenever and the like, best scenes. You heard the hand. Get the fuck mm-hmm. out there. Find the breastplate stretcher. Uh-huh. And he's he leaves, and Ned's like breastplate stretcher, and he's like, "How long do you think before he doesn't before he realizes that like that's think, not a thing?" Yeah. This this just made me realize, um, like. That my favorite scene, it's one that's between uh, Ned and Robert. Um, but man, I think I just got to go Mark Addy for the for the performance. I I went uh, Mark Addy for the performance as well. It's it's uh he's fucking fantastic in this episode. I've been waiting for the episode where he shines because he's he's been great as Robert Baratheon. You know he plays that character so well. But this is the one where it's just like, oh, he had some time to play with on screen here. Mm. Man, yeah, this, I don't know, my, uh, my favorite scene, I think might, I don't know if it'll shock you, but, um, I don't know, it's, it's one that's between, um, Ned and Robert, though, so, 
I mean, Probably like if there's any the other, other ones. Yeah. Yeah. There's only but, one other, if I remember correctly, and I can't. I completely understand that one. That's fucking fantastic. But uh, I'm still debating on mine. I'm still debating on mine. I think I have a gut feeling, but I can't be certain. I can't be certain. Uh, but any hoozle, as this uh, as this discussion goes on, Robert is adamant about fighting in the joust, and Ned's like, "Come on, man, you can't do that shit." The other knights will let you in. Uh, they'd be too afraid to kill you, and. Robert's like, fucking A. Yeah, yeah, they would. Son of a bitch, that sucks. I'm never going to be treated like a fucking person again. Just a goddamn king. Ugh. Ugh, poor God. me. Why does being the king suck? No one <laughs> would want to kill me anymore. Well, everyone <laughs> wants to kill me at the same time, really. Yeah, well, ironic. a lot of people want to kill me. Ironic, isn't it? Especially my wife. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. But uh, he's like, but okay, at least I can fucking stick around and watch. And uh, the first tilt of the day is between Sir Gregor Clegane, the mountain, and the popular knight of the flowers, Sir Loris Tyrell. Have you seen the mountain lately? Not in a while. Like in real life. I mean, the um, dude's a fucking behemoth of a man. Instead of powerlifting and just being the biggest dude ever now he decided to slim down become an mma fighter um he fights people now and is like a completely he just looks he's he looks like um take like she hulk but just a man it's literally him well there's been three mountains like three different people have played him are you oh. talking about the last one? Man, oh, wait. It's not the same guy all the way through? No, season one is Conan Stevens. Oh. Uh, who Maybe I believe... it might be a different mountain then. Maybe it's the later mountain. I think it's the last one. I think because he's also known as like Thor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's Thor. Yeah. That's, the, oh, yeah, that's, so it's not that's season one. four. That's season four through eight. Yeah. Um, I didn't know there was an actor change. Um, until now. I thought it was the same guy. Just like he just went through a lot of bodybuilding changes, I thought, honestly. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, he's um, a different different lad here. Uh, interestingly enough, Conan Stevens also played uh, the Man-Thing in 2005 Marvel movie titled Man-Thing. Um, did he play Man-Thing in Werewolf by Night? He did not. He did That'd not. be really weird if, like, somehow he, behind the CGI he mo-capped it or something. I don't know. Well, it was actually... To let me blow your mind real quick with the werewolf by night. That's a puppet. That's not they built, CGI. They well, I mean, like they CGI augmented it, oh, so that it would like move naturally a little bit more smoothly. But no, they built that thing. You can like like look if you watch the werewolf by night uh, behind the scenes. They uh, on Disney Plus, yeah, they uh, they built that shit. Damn! Wow, I did not. It not did not. Good. Damn, it looked it looked that good that I thought it was CGI. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's a testament nuts. to how good it looks. I think is that like yeah, that I thought it was it fake. Good. I thought it, it's so good that it was like a computer could only make this. Well, there's a there's a picture that Michael Giacchino posted on like Instagram or Twitter or something where he's uh they have the fucking puppet there with them. 
like in the uh in the photo. So like I was like confused when I saw it. I was like, oh that's a weird Photoshop and then people were like, That's not a Photoshop. Mm-hmm. They fucking built that thing. Um which is just absurd. Just absurd. But short little tangent about uh man thing. There was a connection, Conan Stevens playing uh Man thing back in two thousand five, man thing and werewolf by night. There, it, 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 we, we're not, we're not completely nonsensical, but uh, I see it. Uh, I see the picture. Um, you that found is it? actually insane. Yeah, uh, it's just like the upper half. Yeah. Um, of them. That's nuts. That looks so real. It looks very good. Damn. Um, uh, man. I don't know. Specials, man. I'm hopping on the train. I'm I'm hopping on. I'm specials. Fuck. More on Patreon.com. Yeah. where we covered the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special in our first edition of the comics Bloomiverse. But uh, yeah, winter's blooming. We're back. Okay, so um, they go ahead and Loris gives Sansa his flower. And uh, Littlefinger and Lord Renly Baratheon make a little wager on who will win uh, with Renly betting on Loras. And, and Loras realized that he's right, that he is riding a mare that is in heat, which agitates and excites the mountain stallion, causing him to throw his rider. Um, and enraged at having lost, Gregor goes sword and cuts off this horse's head as much as he you- could. Like, do you think he knew that the horse was tampered with and that's why? Or do you think he was just so mad that he just killed the horse? No, I think he knew it was the horse's fault that he lost and he took it out on the horse. (laughs) I don't know, because like. Maybe I'm giving him a little too much credit, but that's the impression I got. I I guess. I don't know. Because how do you know? Yeah, I I would. Oh, my horse was horny. Is is that what they were saying? He's in heat. I think so. Like, that's, is that what they're implying? In heat? Or, like, sick? What no, do they see. mean, in heat? Like, that, I don't know what that means. Like, I was like, they made the horse, because I've heard in heat refer, like, as referred to as, like, being horny. Like, that's that's yeah. kind of how I know it. I don't know if that's, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's horny. Wow. So, so how did he know the horse was just horny. You know? Well, I think I, just... I think the key is that he is riding a, a girl horse and the mountain's riding a boy horse and the girl horse was in heat and the mountain's horse is like, yo, I want to fuck that horse. I um, see. Okay. 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 That's where my money's at. It's like a pheromone thing. It's just like yeah, giving man, it off. They really don't stray away from showing anything though. Like, no, nah, man, this man cuts this fucking thing almost, um, yeah, almost cuts the neck all the way man, off. Man, it, it really, really, oh, I don't know why they just didn't clean, give him a clean cut, you know? Maybe just to make it more gruesome. Yeah, I think it was to make it even harder to watch. Damn, that's tough. I mean, from Tyrion's shield bashing to this, yeah, like they, they was, really didn't stray they, away. They didn't shy. They didn't shy away from things, but, uh, yeah, Sint, he he goes ahead and uh, attacks Loris after this. He's ready to kill Loris, but Loris defends himself briefly. And right as he's about to die, we get our first hound versus mountain fight. And they fight oh, each oh. other to a standstill here. Mm. Uh, 
King Robert ultimately orders them to cease in the name of your king. And I love the way that Sandor just immediately ducks under the blade and like kneels and close the call there. That was very eight. confident, Neil. Yes, very it was. confident, Neil. It was um, risky. Mount could have taken one more swing. I don't know. It's That's... true. It's true. But I think he knows that if if his brother kills him here, after the king makes him stop, he's going to be put to death. Like he's like, fair, true, okay. He's like, if I die, I die, as, as long as he dies. Like, that's his whole approach to the mountain dying, the whole series, is if he dies, good. Uh, if I have to die to make that happen, sure. Fair um, enough. Yeah, that is, uh, you know, okay. Uh, You know, at first I was like, kind of, you know, honorable, sure, but kind of dumb, Neil. But in his mind, it actually makes a whole lot of sense. Because, um, man, yeah, I, I don't know. I. I love my brother, but like if that's the <laughs> dynamic, I don't know, man. I, Fuck no, baby, baby. I don't know if that's a brother. You know, that's just blood at that point. Yeah, so that's like they they got they got major beef. This is a, this is a different this is a different thing, you know. But uh, Sir Loris uh, stands and thanks. He says, "Thank you, sir," and he's like, "I'm no sir." Uh, forgot that Sandor Clegane is not a knight. Not technically, he's just a really big badass with a sword and some armor. Uh, he's like, a bodyguard. For who? For Joffrey. So, let's see. But, like, that's like Rhaenyra having, like, child Rhaenyra, Princess Rhaenyra era. Mm-hmm. having like just a non-knight yeah. like i thought that i thought like they become a knight if they are like the queen's guard like the, that's the that's the you know like i don't know that um maybe i i just maybe is it just robert just being like fuck it i'd rather have the hound's kind of a badass i'd like rather have like, like the the best sword yeah it's you like know? regardless of them being a knight or not That'd be my guess. The mountains but... a knight, right? Sir. Yes, he is. He's Sir Gregor. Yeah. So maybe it's just that. Maybe it's like out of spite. He just didn't become a knight because his brother right. went into it. I don't know. That Regardless. Is, I don't know. Regardless, though, Sir Loris declares Sandor the victor, lifts his hand, and is like, he's won the tourney. <laughs> yes. Actually, actually, a nice moment for the hound, though. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, for sure. No the crowd goes much. wild. Everyone's loving him and stuff. And he's like, oh, bloody fuck. <laughs> you motherfucking cunts. <laughs> the hound, man. Uh, but uh, in the Red Keep. I don't know. That's the storyline that I always think about with him is how, like, he sees whatever in the fire. And, yeah. Like, um, I don't know. It's, man, it's just how many different directions this story goes. It's just insane. Like, I mean, yeah, the way that little... the Hound story gets expanded upon, I think the Hound ends up being like a top ten favorite character of mine from this Dude, show. Dude, he gets, yeah, he's he's like a big character near the for end. several seasons. Um, yeah, um, man, yeah, I don't know, seeing him start like get this early recognition, like the cheer was actually, I don't know, it was just cool, like thinking of all his future moments and like, um, I don't know, this show's so weird on rewatch. Oh, like it's, it's it's every time it get it's different. I notice one little thing that 
makes me spiral down a web of storylines that I'm like, oh, mm. I completely forgot that happened. Exactly. Um, which, man. Nah, it's crazy. But uh, in the Red Keep, Lord Varys meets with Ned. Uh, and he's like walking around making pleasantries, shut, shutting all the windows, shutting all the doors, like, haha, no one can hear this. Bye, Jory. See you on the other side. And he sits down and he's like, all right, Ned, here's the deal. The king's a fucking dummy. And will very soon be very dead. Uh, unless you can help him. And Ned's like, why the fuck? I've been here a month. Why have you not told me anything yet? And he's like, well, I needed to, I needed to be sure you could be trusted. He's like, I, uh, men of honor in King's Landing are quite rare. And I know, I know now that you are one of them. I, I believe myself to be another. Uh, may, you're, you're amongst the only good men in the city. So, uh, listen up. He's, uh, he's probably going to meet the same fate as, uh, as John Aaron. You know, tears of light, tears of lease being, uh, untraceable. They have, have no sell, smell, no, uh, taste. They're just, it's basically water. He's like, so yeah. Uh, he started asking questions. Ooh. So be careful, Nettie. I'm telling you in private so that you can go be the dumbass and figure out all of it on your own. And and the idea is that the the Lannister boy, the squire, mm-hmm. is the one who gave him the yeah, tear of wine. Knowingly? Him. Oh, wait. John Aaron? Or is this a different squire? Different squire does this to did it to John Aaron. Who's who was the squire? Sir Hugh of the Vale, the guy who got killed by the mountain last week. That's why he became a knight, is because he was given status and returned for this by the Lannisters. Oh. Wow, I never knew that that's that's what that guy is. I didn't until this watch. I wow. I I'd never I'd never caught it. But it was it was I paid the guy a lot that more gets like the javelin the through the throat? Yeah, yeah. That wow. guy that guy poisoned that guy poisoned John Aaron. Uh and I've been paying a lot more attention to Ned's actual investigation and like the steps he's taking and mm, what yeah. leads him that way. And this wow. episode, his whole thing with Sir Hugh of the Vale being like, who draws the straws? Because if the Lannisters, if Cersei sets up that Sir Hugh faces the mountain, the mountain kills Sir Hugh, seals up an open end, doesn't need to worry about it anymore, and it's perfectly legitimate. You know, like, uh. What happens if he wins? What happens if the mountain dies? Happen. And the, the, the probably not likely. Dies. Yeah. Probably yeah, yeah, that's that, the thing is that like, probably just, like damn he was not he's going, going up to. against the mountain yeah um, the mountain's going to win yeah Cersei's like I'm good I um, think the other thing is that he just became a knight it was like his first tournament it's like his first ride it's like this dude's fucked he's gonna die um and they were probably like hey Gregor go ahead and stick it in his throat um we'll let you go up against the mountain if you poison the hand of the king is that like really like or like we'll just let you be a knight. They made him a knight. But that like was the deal. So he just went up against the mountain because he t- had to take the place of Robert. He went up against the mountain because they draw straws to see who has to face the mountain. 
and Ned's questioning earlier being like, mm, okay, and who holds the straws? You know, like who's controlling that? The Lannisters manipulated it so that Sir Hugh would take the short straw, have to face the mountain, mm. and die. He doesn't have any way of knowing he got set up. He doesn't have any way of knowing shit like that happened. Okay. Yeah. So he's he, out of the know. He's out of the know, and he gets he gets killed. But uh, damn, yeah, that's the coming the... night put up against the mountain. That is so rough. Yeah, I'd be like, well, I might as well kill myself. Yeah, that's or forfeit for fuck's sake. I don't know, but uh, later on, we see Arya Stark chasing some cats in accordance to her uh, sword training, and it chases her. She chases one down into the dungeons under the castle, where she finds the great dragon skulls of the Targaryen dynasty. Um, I like the way that this changes, like over time, like where the skulls are being held and which skulls are where, and like, like this is the dungeon for now. It's this one little fucking room. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the dragon skulls were in like a more secretive part of the. I don't feel like you just walk down a few flights of stairs and you just find the dragon skulls. You know I what I'm like saying? I feel like you can't, yeah, chase a cat down into the <laughs> into that. I don't know. That's kind of yeah. That is kind of nuts. I mean, like, it, no, not just anyone could. I guess. I guess, but like, there are a lot of people in the Red Keep. So, like, I don't know. Uh, but nevertheless, she uh, she stumbles upon upon one, and she then hears two men talking. We know them to be Varys and Magister Illyrio of Pentos. But Arya does not, and she goes ahead and hides away. And Varys says that the events have been set in motion, and that the lion and the wolf will be soon be will soon be at each other's throats. Hmm. That war is almost upon the Seven Kingdoms, just as they had planned, but it has to come soon. And uh, they say that Caldrogo will not invade Westeros until his son is born and pronounced healthy which is still many months away. And Illyrio suggests assassinating Ned to forestall the war. But Varys is like, nah, we can't do that shit, bro. He's, he's like one of the, he's one of the only people we can actually kind of count on to do some, some decent shit here. So, but like the fact that Varys is like conspiring behind the scenes with people to control the seven kingdoms. I mean, the dude knows everything. And when you know everything, I don't know. Like, it really seems like he's the one pulling, like, really the one pulling the strings. Well, that's the thing, is that he's pulling his own strings while other people are pulling strings in opposition of him. Like, Cersei's pulling strings right now that Varys doesn't agree with. Peter's pulling strings right now that Varys doesn't agree with. There's just a... That's the thing, is there are too many people pulling strings. There isn't any one person who has the be-all, end-all. And, uh, it's fucking over a lot of people, but uh, after this little scene, this this brief brief one here, uh, Varys finds Littlefinger in the Great Hall, staring at the Iron Throne, and uh, Varys reveals that he knows of Littlefinger's assistance in Ned's investigation of Jon Arryn's death, and reminds him the consequences that should befall him if the Lannisters should discover his involvement. Uh, and this only comes after Littlefinger. Uh, accuses him of being uh, a pedophile and not only accuses him of being a pedophile but also goes hey man no judgment yeah wow just it, whatever you're into we got you 
oh, oh yeah. In fact, I provide person. such a thing. Yeah. And I, for some reason, think I hold the moral high ground. Yeah, I did not, um, I don't know, pick up on this the first time, like, how okay, like, with all of that stuff he is, and then, like, the later conversation he has with Varys, or maybe they already did they already talk or is that coming up? Um this, him and this is it, where they're talking about the fucking this, uh, Oh, the this is him and Varys, not him and Ned right now. Yeah, this is him and Varys. Oh, okay. Then yeah, like I don't know. I did not catch um Yeah, he's like, I hear that there's there's a lord with a fancy for fresh cadavers. That must be a hard one to come by, huh? The logistics of finding fresh corpses or whatever, like yeah, like eesh, man. yeah, like oh my gosh. And he's like, well, that's not legal. And he's like, yeah, strictly speaking. Well, and what's so whatever. crazy is, you know, the first time you watch this, you're looking at a couple of, you know, you don't fuck with Littlefinger. You know, you know, Littlefinger slimy. You're not fucking with Littlefinger. But this just assures that. Oh, yeah. the first time you're watching this, you're not sure about Varys yet. It's not until this episode that you're kind of like, okay, Varys seems okay. You know, like, he seems all right. I think that uh, this conversation just drives home the the two sides of that coin between Varys and Littlefinger. Like, they are, they have, they hold the a similar role. Yeah, and what they, they do with their they knowledge. they do the opposite thing for opposite uh, reasons. Okay. Um, Okay. And uh, it's it's the reason Varys gets my favorite character not of the episode. Yeah. Mostly because any of the concerns I did have the first time I watched this, like the, uh, wait, is Varys a pedophile? No, he's not. We we know we know that now. Like after having watched the show, we know that for sure. He's in fact has no sexual desires at all. This man is this man's asexual. Does not give a fuck. So like uh. Just knowing who Varys is from the get-go has endeared me to him a lot more already. Um, knowing that his mission is to set up the people as best as he possibly can. Reminds me yeah. of, uh, like, uh, back in House of the Dragon Age, what would have been Missaria. Being like, mm. uh, hey, they make children fight down here, bro. Y'all gotta stop that shit. Yeah. You know, like, uh, he's, uh, he's, on, he's on his shit for the people. And, uh... Mm. But Littlefinger, he's on that shit for himself. And uh, Littlefinger reveals that he uh, he already knows how Varys met with Ned earlier today. And Varys is like, oh, yes, of course I did. It's no big deal. That's all right. And he's like, and a certain foreign minister. And that really, that really gags Varys. He's like, oh. How do you know about that? And how does he know about that? Yeah, and, man. and how is People... it not through Arya? Folks be watching. Well, that's who, the thing. Uh, who else was down there other than Arya? Well, I mean, nobody was probably down there. They could have seen them come up together. But if Arya tells I guess Ned, true. someone over he only knows that they were seen together, not what they were talking about. Exactly. Exactly. Fair. And, uh, okay. He implies that he knows of Varys's uh, history across the Narrow Sea, and uh, their conversation is then interrupted by Renly, who's like, "Come on, all my." brother will be appearing in the small council today and they're like fucking for real at a small council meeting and they're like yep come on down and uh and well that's little fingers like oh no shit and Varys being like yes big news from across the narrow sea didn't you hear i was like oh fuck yeah the way he's just like mm. fuck you little finger i know more shit than you do i love i love their little pissing pissing matches it's so funny mm. um yeah, their their back and forth is is so good. Oh, yeah, they're Var so good on screen together, dude. 
Varys definitely gets the the character nod. Like they're they're back and forth. The you know them equally threatening each other. Um, you know, in like drastically different. Well, not even drastically different ways. Just like having dirt on each other. That is treason. You know, basically whatever. Um, that would definitely get them killed. But one is, you know, I'll tell the king, and then one is like, I'll tell the queen. Just like the mm-hmm. the complete opposites. One is more honorable. One is, you know, backstabby, connivy. Um, I don't know. I, I love this their dichotomy. Um, Ferris definitely gets the the character nod for sure. Um, cool. Here. I'm glad. I'm glad we're on. Like that's that's one thing that's interesting about this episode is that like it doesn't feel like there are standouts, and then you go and talk back through it, and you're like, okay, yeah, it's that. Like, Varys was my favorite character. Mark Addy as Robert is the best performance of the episode. There's just so much to like about those two. Like, the rise of, like, he went from just kind of like a background character that knows a lot of stuff somehow to, like, this episode was, like, I don't know. Was this him? I don't know. It was just different. Yeah. Um, And, I don't know, I guess a little later, too. He has some some moments later. True. Uh, True. I but, believe, right? Is there still more with him, or is that? I it? think Varys. I mean, Varys is in the small council. Like after, later, but... after the. That's right. I think no. That is what I'm talking. Yeah, the, the small council meeting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's in the small council meeting later, but that's that's it with him, I believe. But uh, nevertheless, Arya escapes from the dungeons and tries to warn her father about what she overheard. But she gets the words all. She's like, I don't know, man. I'm panicked. There was a fat, bald guy and another fat guy. They were talking about stuff. Um, the people killing you, wolf and lion throats, war. I don't know. Just be worried. Be worried, Dad. And uh, <laughs> he's like, it's all right, love. It'll be okay. And damn, man. No, it won't. No, it won't. No, it won't, dog. Uh, no, it won't. They are interrupted. By Yorin here. Yorin recently discovered to have been a, a Game of Thrones and Star Wars crossover for us. We were watching Rogue One the other day on Rebellion's this Bloom. Right. And yes. he's uh he's the gritty he's a gritty re- rebel on, on Rogue One and in mm. the shuttle with them. So nice little Star Wars crossover there with Yorin, but uh he's ridden nonstop from the end of the crossroads to bring Ned forewarning news of uh Catelyn's arrest of Tyrion. Uh, and Ned's like, okay, I'm a, I'm a put that in the back pocket. Keep that in mind. That's going to be a fucking problem. Sure. Sure. I got a lot of shit to worry about. So let's hold off on this. Uh, Jory, take Arya to her room. Uh, so, so I can do our two best swordsmen as well. Um, yeah. or no, that's a little later, actually. That, that is um, a little later, but, uh, um, <laughs> But no, uh, he's not that worried yet, I guess. No, no, um, no, yeah. It's it's only it's only a little bit later after he's quit. Um, but uh, Arya asks Jory on the way about the state of her father's household guard. Like, uh, hey, so uh, how many men we got down here? About fifty. Yeah, yeah. And y'all won't let him die, right? Nah, you have nothing to worry about, little lady. <sighs> Well, but, nothing you could do against a, just the most irritable piece of shit character of all time. No, no. That happens that fast. Cause, yeah. Wow. Yeah, cause Robert dies either next episode or the episode after. That's insane. That's nuts. It's going to get moving. 
Yeah, like the last five episodes of this show or, or of this season are fucking loaded. Yes, this is the halfway point. That's yeah, no. we're halfway through season one of Winter is Blooming, baby. Damn. Wow. We're moving with these projects, bro. But uh, hmm. nevertheless, uh, at the meeting of the small council, King Robert tells Ned that Danny is pregnant, Daenerys Targaryen is pregnant, and her son will soon have a claim to the Iron Throne. Uh-oh. Like, so what do you think we should do about this, Ned? Never mind, I'll fucking tell you. Uh, we're gonna kill Daenerys, we're gonna <laughs> kill the child, and while we're at it, we're gonna kill Viserys. Sound like a plan? Yep, he's like, is that plain enough for you? You digging that? You digging that, Neddy? And Ned's like, you know, no. Nah. No, I'm not. Uh, this would be dishonorable. It will be cowardly. And it would be beneath our integ- our dignity. Uh, and the other members of the council, Pycelle, Renly, Littlefinger, and Varys, they're all like, "Hey, man, if we don't do this, the 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 realm's gonna plunge into the realm's gonna plunge into war." I don't know. It feels like it's the best possible way to to avoid that. And uh, King Robert's like, "Enact the fucking order, Ned. I order you." Mm. Uh, and it is. Ned's like, it, you know, I don't know. It is interesting to think here. Like they say, like. Uh, we should have killed her like a long, a long time ago. Like sh- we should just kill her. Like they're they're talking about it like it's so obvious to them. You know, like we should have just killed her. Like we should just kill her. Um, like say they kill Daenerys now. Dragons aren't born, probably. No. Like I- I'm trying to guess like what happens in the end game. You know, with the Night King at the end. Like, does the Night King win if they kill Daenerys? It, because the Night King does not get a dragon. Yeah. If they kill Daenerys. Yeah, but see, the Night King only needed a dragon because she had dragons. How is he going to get through the wall? That's how he got his army through the wall. True. Was with the dragon. True. Didn't like, think about that. The wall. Like, he's been the Night King for a minute. The only Fair. reason he marched south was because he had a dragon to get through the wall. That's that's a good point. Yeah, you know, there's there's a chance that the Night King doesn't become the threat that he is if Danny's just killed here. Um, so that's interesting that, like, um, the prophecy is that there needs to be a Targaryen on the throne. But, like, maybe the true prophecy is that, like, there needs to be zero dragons, actually. There needs to be zero Targaryens, actually. Um, not one, actually no prince who's promised. I'm on the, no, I'm, I'm actually, okay, I need to shut I think, up. I think he would have figured out a different way. You're right, he's magic. He can, yeah. yeah. He would he would have figured out a different way. He probably would have got before, an army big enough John to even stack. knew. Yeah, before John even knew dragons fucking existed, he was like, we need to be fucking worried. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're coming I guess that's south. True, I guess. But did, didn't they just? They did come south. I guess. Yeah, they didn't just hold their territory. They were coming more and more south. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were poking. Yeah, that is interesting. I don't know. Um, man, yeah, we well, just George R. R. Martin. It's, 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 to a, die it's an astounding so what if. Book. Yeah, I know. It's an astounding what if, but uh, uh, nevertheless, Ned's like. You know, the Robert I knew 
wouldn't be fucking afraid of an unborn child. I quit. I'm done being hand to the king. Does that sound good, Robbie? How's that, Bob? You mm. digging that? You like that? And uh, this whole interaction between them was fucking electric. Just continues to lend Mark Addy and Sean Bean all the reverence in the world for their performances here. Yeah, they this were, is uh, this is my favorite scene of good. the episode. Uh, right here was was Ned's resignation. Um, him quitting here. I love the the back and forth um, between them, and also um, like Varys even being like, you know, it's it's for the greater good. You know, like these two people die mm. for for the tens of thousands, and even the mace are like chirping in. Like, it's interesting that they all think that Robert is a fool and whether they're just playing to Robert's hand, you know, like, cause Robert's here, they have to agree with what Robert says, you know, whether they're just doing that or whether they truly agree, like whether they're like, no, yeah, we just kill. Like it's a threat to the throne. God, I, I just like, want to read know. you this fucking, I have the dialogue from like basically the whole fucking scene here. And like, mm-hmm. it's just too fucking good. Like Robert, when Ned enters, Rob says the whore is pregnant. Ned goes, you're speaking of murdering a child. Robert says, I warned you this would happen back in the North. I warned you, but you didn't care to hear. Well, hear it now. I want them dead, mother and child both, and that fool Viserys as well. Is that plain enough for you? I want them both dead. Ned goes, you'll dishonor yourself forever if you do this. Robert goes, honor? I've got seven kingdoms to rule. One king, seven kingdoms. Do you think honor keeps them in line? Do you think it's honor that's keeping the peace? It's fear, fear and blood. Ned says, then we are no better than the Mad King. Robert goes, careful, Ned, careful now. Ned continues, want to assassinate a girl because the spider heard a rumor. No rumor, my lord, the princess is with child. Based on whose information? Sir Jorah Mormont is serving as an advisor to the Targaryens. Mormont? You bring us the whispers of a traitor halfway across the world and call it fact. Peter goes, um, let me make again an excuse for some atrocities. Jorah is a slaver, okay? <laughs> Not a traitor. Small difference to a man Jeez. like you, I know. Yeah. Like, um, it just keeps... Man, yeah, Pete... Littlefinger just is getting worse and worse. And where he ends up, it makes sense. Um, oh, yeah. Now that oh, I yeah. think about it, you know, it totally makes sense. So, I don't actually feel bad in any way. I just think he's a cool character for the oh, show. Oh, he's a great character. Guy. I guess that, that's that's a very common trope for Game of Thrones characters is cool for the show, hate the guy, actually. Hate the guy, yeah. Hate the character. But, uh, yeah, he says, uh, Ned says, I followed you into war twice without doubts, without second thoughts, but I will not follow you now. The Robert I knew... The Robert I grew up with didn't tremble at the shadow of an unborn child. And I think that will be my line. Ooh. The Robert I grew up with didn't tremble at the shadow of an unborn child. Damn. Robert I grew up with would not tremble at the thought of an unborn child. Not tr- the, the Robert I grew up with didn't tremble. At the shadow of an unborn child. Tremble. There we go. Yeah, Ned. Sean Bean just fucking goes hard. Um, 
There we nuts, go. Nuts scene. But uh, yeah, it's a wonderful one. But Ned orders his household to begin packing. And uh, as he's packing, Littlefinger arrives and is like, I was just going to inform you that there's one last place I wanted to show you John Aaron visited before he fell ill. And Ned's like, oh, fucking A. I got too much to do. It'll take too long. This will not take but more than an hour, Your Grace. I'll see you later. Bye. And uh, <laughs> It would only take an hour. I'll see you later. Goodbye. You know, that's mm-hmm. literally what he does. He literally starts walking out. It would only take an hour. Whatever. See you later. He's like, obviously, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh. God but damn it, the- Ned. You should have just left, man. Right. And this is the part where he instructs the guards to go see mm. to the girls and make sure that they're safe yes. and protected. And uh, it's then that we cut to Sir Loris and Lord Renly, who are all lovey-lovey, meeting in a bedchamber where Renly complains about Robert uh, organizing a hunt in the Kingswood, which will no doubt involve traipsing around the forest for a couple of weeks in the cold and rain, waiting to kill something. And Loris is like, you know what, Renly? You know what? Your brother's a shit king. You know who would make a pretty good king? He's like, oh, don't be ridiculous, Loris. I'm fourth in line. He's like, yeah, but Joffrey's a sicko. Tommen's a fucking child. Stan is a goddamn idiot. We had the good point, too. He's like, what What line was Robert in? You know, yeah. What, yeah. What, you know what, what? how far was Robert down the line? Um, he's like they they're backed by so many more so much more money like he he was backed by the Lannisters that's a, it's a deep pocket and he's like I I'd, I'd back you I come from a rich and powerful family and Renly's like shut the fuck up you're not as rich as the Lannisters come on now they are the second richest family in Westeros though as we do learn later on uh the Tyrells but uh he also asserts that uh, the people love Renly and want to serve him because he is kind and doesn't revel in violence as his brothers do. And Renly's like, ah, thank you. And Loras is like, of course, I'm going to suck your dick now. And he's like, okay, cool. And that's how we leave that scene. He's like, yeah, maybe I should be king. Maybe I could get used to this life. Man, I you do know? feel like a king right now. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. in that moment he's like, you know what? Maybe I will think about this. Yeah, um, you know what? Call me King Shit of Fuck Mountain because this shit rocks. Okay, I love this. But uh, no, yeah, Renly. This is the this is the beginning. I didn't realize this was like the beginning of a pretty compelling arc for Renly, and I didn't just knowing the familial relations and stuff. I don't. I don't know why I've never really thought about the fact that Renly, whenever he makes his bid for king here in the next couple seasons, the War of the Five Kings, he's one of the options. And he's married to Marjorie, mm. Loris' sister. Oh. And like I know I know that was a thing, I know that was a connection, but like I don't know like catching on to it earlier and stuff is just every time I watch the show, like I know I've made some of these realizations before. But every time I watch the show, they just like occur to me brand new again. And uh, yeah, they're in like the back brain. Exactly. And then every time you you hear it, it's like, oh my god, you have that like you have that like realization again. That's the like brain oh, yeah. blast, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's know, uh, and we're only at season one. Man, that's the thing. We're hitting man. the surface level ones, the early ones. But yeah, I like uh, I like me some Loris and Renly. They're they're a cool duo, and both those characters separately are awesome and take incredible trajectories over the course of this uh, over the course of the show. And uh, the actor for Loris actually has a Marvel crossover 
Um, nothing that you've seen, I don't think, which does limit it to he's Danny Rand. He is Iron Fist in the Marvel in the Netflix MC in the Netflix Marvel st- shows. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I've not yeah. seen that yet. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's him. So uh, gotta get gotta get around to those eventually. All that. And I'm assuming he'll be coming back as the MCU's Iron Fist, given the way that it seems they're marketing it in. as yeah. they're just taking it as it is. Seems like it. Seems like it. But uh, yeah, so nice little crossover there as well. But uh, next up, Queen Cersei and Robert share a drink and discuss the Targaryen threat. And surprisingly, Cersei's like, uh, you know what? I think Ned's right. You know, the Dothraki can't fucking cross the narrow sea. They don't have ships. Doesn't make any fucking sense. And Robert's like, ah, oh, it's funny, that fucking thing you do. You open your mouth and your father's voice comes out. Uh, again, another mention of Tywin Lannister, him being a phantom presence, but never actually, we don't see him for a while. Mm. And Robert's like, okay, fine. If they did land, and the Knights of Westeros take shelter behind their castle walls, the Dothraki could simply burn and pillage their way up and down the continent until the small folk accept Viserys as their king. Just that's all they would have to do, um, and I like that he's like, "Hey, man, if the Dothraki make it across the sea, they will burn and pillage." And then the Dothraki make it across the sea. And, I mean, and, and they burn and pillage. There was a fair point of like, "Tell me how they're going to get their horses across the water." Like, I guess they didn't think, like, they would have to just also have a, a very large fleet which eventually they do but like um i guess like that's that's the thing is like the dothraki are strong because of of like their horses i guess you know right. but like are they not strong just by themselves like they're a bunch can you imagine just if they came over just by themselves on ships you know like i i think the dothraki even without their horses are is is still like the greatest army in the world still right now. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty they're pretty fucking brutal. I think that uh ultimately what I think the concern is is that Viserys is not capable of leading the Dothraki. Like nobody nobody believes the Dothraki are disciplined enough to be an army under a king. I don't think. Um, That's fair. They just do whatever like, the fuck they want. They're not going to cross the narrow sea because they never wanted to and whoever is trying to lead them mm. has to be call or that's it you know like they can't like Viserys clearly Viserys can't just come over and be like marry my sister and take me across the across the ocean you know like yeah uh, and True. I think most people know that that's not how they operate they just can't possibly predict that Danny would be as persuasive as she is to them mm. um but anywho uh, it is here that uh, Cersei suggests that the uh, the unified armies of the Seven Kingdoms could defeat them, but Robert's like, huh, I don't think you, uh, I don't think you understand. Several armies versus one army with one leader and one purpose is is so so infinitely more powerful, and I loved the way that like. That's speaking from the perspective of someone who has led a rebellion. Yeah. Legitimately. You know, like he's like, really I promise the reason we won is because we were united under one purpose, 
not several different kingdoms bringing their army together just so they can prevent my throne getting taken. They don't give a fuck what happens to my throne, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, this, he's, he has been ruler for 17 years, but for a reason, you know, he, he did yeah. do all of that, whatever. I don't know. I want to see it. I want to see I wanna, it. I would I like to see, see all of that. But, um, man, I don't know. I want to see Robert in his glory days, you know, just freaking mashing people. Badass. I know. Robert 17 years ago, man, like during the rebellion, how old would he, how old is he now? Like, I would guess almost 50. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's still a man. He's like a Maximus, I guess. Type, yeah. Okay. I like to, I, I like to see that. Robert's Rebellion. You could just get another Rebellion uh You know what? Podcast I'm going to declare my scene. Mm. It's Cersei and Robert here. It's, it is good. It's too fucking good, man. The, uh, yeah. the, the back and forth between Lena Hetty, who we have not given enough love yet. She does go on to make some fucking waves in this show. And I know I'm, I've been kind of keeping that in my, in my back pocket because I know she becomes like a consistent front runner for best of the show every episode at some point. But, uh, her and Mark Addy here are fucking incredible together, uh, as they, as they get this shit rolling. But, uh, she uh the the conversation continues uh she says uh what do you want and robert says we haven't had a real fight in 9 years backstabbing doesn't prepare you for a fight and that's all the realm is now backstabbing and scheming and ass licking and money rubbing sometimes i don't know what holds it together cersei responds our marriage I was like, God damn, if that isn't a sad fucking reality. Ooh. And uh, Robert going, so here we sit, 17 years later, holding it all together. Don't you get tired. Every day. Mm. How long can hate hold a thing together? Cersei goes, 17 years is quite a long time. Robert goes, yes, it is. Cersei goes, yes, it is. And I, I like that, like... Whenever two characters that have been obviously hating each other can just have a conversation. And I think what's interesting is that, like, one of the only scenarios in which that makes sense is a married couple who has lost all love. Yeah, I see this as, like, a a parent and Mon Mothma, if if parent somehow makes that alive, which I hope he does. Uh, I mean, it's going to jail before they can even have a conversation like this. He doesn't deserve a conversation like this, actually. No, not one bit. Not one bit. But uh, But, Cersei asks here, what was she like? This catches Robert off guard, and he asks, you've never asked about her, not once. Why now? Cersei says, at first, just saying her name, even in private, felt like I was breathing life back into her. I thought if I didn't talk about her, she'd just fade away for you. When I realized that wasn't going to happen, I refused to ask out of spite. I didn't want to give you the satisfaction of thinking I cared enough to ask. And eventually it became clear that my spite didn't mean anything to you. As far as I could tell, you actually enjoyed it. Robert asks, so why now? 
Cersei continues, what harm could Lyanna Stark's ghost do to either of us that we haven't done to each other a hundred times over? Robert leans forward and says, you want to know the horrible truth? I can't even remember what she looked like. I only know she was the one thing I ever wanted. Someone took her away from me, and seven kingdoms couldn't fill the hole she left behind. Damn. Cersei Mark Addy doesn't get the performance for this one, man. Man, this and he's like he's he's having a tough time. This is oh, yeah. vulnerability that we see out of out of Robert Baratheon here. And Cersei continues, I felt something for you once, you know. And the way Robert goes, I know. You know, like and that was that's a scene I don't really remember. Um mm. the idea that Cersei did love Robert is kind of incredible um, considering her incestuous, never-ending love with her brother. Um, I, the fact that she probably was, was at one point. Yeah. No, I 100% believe her. Like, you think it wasn't just, like, she was, like, trying to make the best of her situation and, like, the forced marriage, like, I might as well, you know? Like, I guess. I don't know. Just because, like, it seems that it's just the way know, she says it here, you know, like the way when she he says, I know, and she goes, even after we lost our first boy for yeah. quite a while, actually. I guess like Jamie is really the only one that says how in love he is with her mm-hmm. and not the other way around. Yeah, because I mean, I, yeah. again, this this continues. She asked, was it ever possible for us? Mm. Was there ever a time, ever a moment? And Robert goes. No. No, I never loved you. That it was never it was never a possibility. I was never going to love you. I see why Cersei's a villain. Yeah, man. And he asks, does that make you feel better or worse? And Cersei goes, it doesn't make me feel anything. Like that's that something you don't realize you're watching over the course of this first season is Cersei becoming like the villain that she she becomes you yeah. know because she's not i don't she's not nice you know she's definitely not a good guy in season one but she's not fucking evil yet you know what i'm saying mm. she's not blowing up the crypt yet she's not she's not a complete and utter villain she, she there are reasons behind the things she does she has she believes she has a, a sense of morality on her i don't like i mean once you tell your uh your brother who you're fucking to push a child out of a window you know, morality is a little bit up in the air, but uh, you might get the line. That's a strong with, line. With uh, makes me feel nothing. It doesn't make me was? feel anything. Does it beat? Give me ten good men and some climbing spikes. I'll impregnate the bitch. Does it beat it? That's up to you, man. I can't. I can't confidently tell you one way or another. I think it beats it. Um, good. I. Th- you know, it's funny, Braun. I love you, Braun. Um, you will have another chance to pick that line. And whenever it comes to that date, I think it'll be a lot, a lot stronger. Yeah, um, it is. It is. So, but Cersei says, what, what are her exact words? Um, it doesn't make me feel anything. Yeah. There we go. I love it. I love it. 
But thereafter, Littlefinger brings Ned to the last place John Aaron went before falling ill, which is one of Littlefinger's brothels. And there, Ned meets another one of Robert's bastards. This time, a baby girl and her mother, a blonde, blonde woman named Megan. Mm-hmm. And she uh, she remarks that her child has Robert's nose and black hair. And Ned asks Littlefinger why John Aaron was searching for Robert's bastards. And he says he doesn't know, offering a, a half-hearted guess that maybe Robert suddenly took paternal interest in them. And Ned's like, <laughs> come on now. Uh, you and I both know that that's not the case. Um, and just the way that this, this poor woman was like, uh, tell him I don't need money or anything. I just want him. He was always really nice when he came in here. Like, oh, this poor lady. She what was no the idea. point of checking in on this one? Um, like to know every bastard. To know every bastard in case, uh, I mean, because he, the reason Aaron is suspicious is because he knows Joffrey's not his son. True. He's looking for an heir. True. Okay. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, he knows Joffrey, Tommen, and uh, Marcella are not Robert's kids. So was this faster, maybe like a step along the way to Gendry? That's or a possibility. Like- I mean, there's also the possibility that... Uh, he was simply looking for the sake of like, maybe he didn't think Gendry was a suitable heir and thought maybe if they could raise a child up from birth, Oh wow. He could be, he could be heir. Hmm. Um, so they, I guess. Yeah. Cause I was thinking like, if it's found out that Joffrey is not Robert's kid, then, would the people just want this random kid with a wife? I guess she's been with no one, she swears, you know, but like with the people, like I, I, I'm the people's view on that, you know? I think it's, I think it's interesting, you know, I think that, uh, I think it's probably a ploy of desperation for the Baratheon line mm-hmm. to keep, continue to hold the throne. I think that at this point, what they're really trying to prevent is the Targaryens. Like that's the top one. Yeah. One rivalry. So if they need a suitable heir so that the people don't officially go, Oh, well then fuck it. I'm going to just keep pulling for the Targaryens. You know, like if they, cause that's the thing too. The people like the people in King's Landing don't give a fuck who's ruling. Really? They just, you're they right. Just the people don't give a fuck. Uh, yeah. And so like, that's, that's, that's the thing that, the way that the bastard thing is handled at that level is really, really contradictory at a lot of points because they really just play it based on how much it can benefit the father. True. If, if the father's legacy can be benefited by the bastard becoming the heir, fuck yeah. Then yeah, sure. Uh, if they can't send them to the fucking wall, I don't give a fuck. Um, and that's, that's kind of how they approach. Like it's, 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 it's entirely based on the fact on whether or not uh, the father wants to accept the child as his own, because that's the other thing is that we watch uh Roos Bolton declare Ramsey snow, Ramsey Bolton later in the show. Mm. You can decree your kid that's true. in the name of the yeah. King, your true born heir. So like, uh, true. I think that's more what they were looking for. Okay. 
just in case, just in case. But uh, yeah, they go ahead and head on out of the brothel, and this is where Ned and Jory mm. and the two guards that accompanied them are confronted by a large group of Lannisters led by Sir Jamie Lannister himself. And Jamie's like, so heard of Tyrion got arrested and uh, that your wife has him. I was wondering what the fuck that was all about. And Ned was like, yeah, I had him arrested on my orders. Loved that, loved that detail that he was like, I'm not going to let I'm not. Well, it's, it's, it's a little bit, there's a few things going on here. He's like, I'm not going to let Catelyn take the blame for this, but he's also going to be like, I don't want to let you know that Catelyn made a decision without me. Mm. Makes me look weak. Makes me look like I don't have authority over my house. Um, yeah, I made that call. You know, like it's it's kind of like it's a. It was, he was kind of forced into it. Yeah, had to. Yeah, had to do it, and it was like a good play at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. uh, kind of. But uh, Jamie's like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking kill you, man. And Ned's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ned's like, if you do, Tyrion is Tyrion will be dead. And Jamie's like, uh, yeah, but. Uh, I guess I'll just have to settle for killing your men instead. And Ned's two guards, Heward and Will, are very quickly killed by Lannister spearmen who just toss their fucking spears at them in the opening seconds of the fight. And in response, Ned and Jory have to fight six Lannister soldiers. And uh, Jory engages Jamie, And I was like, why? Gee golly, why don't I remember Jory? Well, Jory gets killed in episode five with this a dagger to why. the face. Because he's um, in a collective Jamie. three scenes, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, he's very, like, very minor, very um, minor character. In honorable role, though. Honorable yep. guy. Stabs him through the eye with a dagger, and Ned's like, all right, fine, let's fucking do this thing. And they go back and forth, uh, sling, slinging them swords, and Jamie is like, wow, you really, uh, you really on this shit, huh? For an old guy. You're really down. And he's kind of exhilarated when Ned is not only as is not as uh, easily defeated as he expected, but uh, Jamie starts to, you know, continually grow worried as Ned's high level of skill becomes more and more apparent. He's like, oh, oh, wow, yeah, this guy can can fucking do the thing, huh? And uh, just as they are ready to clash again, a Lannister guardsman decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and stab this guy through the leg with a spear. What the fuck, dude? This Why? Guy, man. What was the what was the thought process here? Nobody in the area had been doing anything like this. Nobody had been trying to spear him. It was completely random. They'd been standing there for a couple seconds. He was like, and why through ah, the thought? Stab That's him. so much. That's so bad. Like you could have just did like like the foot, or like could have just knocked him out, or. I don't You're know. Take it fuck at the back of your spear and knock him against the yeah. back of the head or something. Like to stab him through the back of the thigh all the way through that. Oh my God. Yeah, and honestly, it's not what Jamie wanted. No, Jamie yeah, the way Jamie's like, him out. <laughs> Jamie's like, you dumb motherfucker. Mm. Like he knocks him out. Like I love the way he's like, I'm already viewed mm. as a man without honor. Because of what I did to the Mad King. I don't need you proving their fucking points by stabbing dudes in the back of the leg while I'm dueling them. It's not something I need right now. You're fired. Get the fuck out of here. But uh, as he's leaving, he tells Ned he wants his brother back. 
and we cut to black on our friend Ned Stark and Jory Cassell and the Northmen collapsed on the ground. Bum, 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 bum. And it's picking up. It is picking it's up. It's really picking up. It's uh, it's really picking up now. Mm. I think I got all my favorites mentioned, actually. All right. Well, you got I Lord Varys. Um, yeah, we both have Varys' character. We both I have Mark And Mark Addy. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch up the character since he's getting <sighs> love. I'm a, I'm gonna spread the love out. And as badly as I want to go with Mord, I will not be going with Mord. Uh, Mord. <laughs> I, oh, I think Mord. I'm a I'm gonna go with Ned. I'm gonna go with Ned. Um you can't go wrong with picking Ned Stark as your favorite character. Um that scene where he does decide, you know what? No, I'm not doing this. I'm done. Instead of being the second most powerful man in the realm, I will gladly see that power over to you and get the fuck out of here. You know, like that's some that's some strong yeah. shit. So yeah, I'm a true. Okay, fair enough. I'm going Nettie Stark for my favorite character of the episode. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Varys he needs to get the nod though. So I, I gotta I gotta stay with him. I respect um, it. I respect it. I just wanted to throw throw a little bit more love around. We had the same character and same performance. I was like, oh, let's spread it. Let's spread True. it around. True. But now, now this this feels good. Um, because now then I have Ned's resignation, um, as my scene. So I got I got, you know I got I got Varys, uh, Robert, and Ned, and then I got Cersei for the line. So I kind of got I don't know a good a good spread. Um. Oh yeah, I feel you. I got a pretty good spread too. Robert and mm-hmm. Cersei's conversation for the scene, and the Robert I grew up with didn't tremble at the shadow of an unborn child by Ned. But uh, with that, I say we rate this bad boy, and awesome. I have the feeling we've got a new high for the season. I think we shall have that as well. Yes, um, for enjoyment, I'm rather high on this one. I think this is a nine out of ten at the mm. at the very least. Um, Let's see. Does it deserve any bump up from a nine? This was a heavy politics episode. Very it was only politics, politics and... pretty much. If, other than the Jamie and Ned fight. It was you know, heavily like, politicking. But I don't know how much higher thing. than a nine I could comfortably comfortably go. I think nine's good. Nine felt good. Because nine two five nine five, that's I don't know enjoyment that's uh you know that's like i'm thinking of a 10 i know for sure battle of the bastards you know that's a 10 you know enjoyment that's like oh my god um i don't this i don't think this i, I don't walk away from this episode going like oh my god right but right. i walk away being like okay this is game of thrones and that's i, I think that's enough um and that speaks to the genre i think this might be this might be a 10. Fantasy? Uh, fantasy, just what we know Game of Thrones to become. This is mm-hmm. this is everything. This is what you want from a Game of Thrones episode. If, if I'm You're speaking right. for myself. I mean, there is the fan base that would maybe say that this is a very boring episode. Ah, but you even get Ned versus Jamie at the end there, man. I True. don't know. True. 
Yeah, this is. I you don't get know. the you, you open the episode with the fucking joust where the mountain cuts off a horse's head and then fights the hound. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Mountain versus hound. Jamie versus Ned. Um, Robert and Ned going at it. Robert or Ned resigning. Yeah, yeah. man. This is a okay. this is a Game of Thrones episode right here. Okay. Yeah. Ten out of ten. There. I I, I feel it. Hmm. Okay. Here. What was the this, complete story for this episode? Ned's investigation Ned, leading yeah. him to uh it's kind of a twofold Tyrion being taken to the Lord to the Vale while Ned gets accused of taking him there. Jamie has to go and see him out. Um I guess it really wasn't like the writing of this episode that would be like where I'd say like was the best thing I pulled out. It'd be like the performances or like um, I don't know. It's not like they had to write anything super. I don't know what I'm looking for. Like it's, I'm not saying it's bad writing. It's just right. not that they, they didn't have to reach very far. It's like, yeah, these things are just happening. You know, like, uh, we just need these sort of things to happen. Um, these conversations to be had. Um, I get you. but a do conversation. Think... Hmm? I was going to ask, do you think this is the best episode of the season so far? Yeah. That's without a doubt. So, I mean, the floor is 8-5, um, at least on our scale so far. Um, but then there's scenes, like, uh, with Cersei and Robert, where it's like, that's just a conversation, but holy shit. Is there's it, like... Ned's resignation. There's, uh... Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I'm at, like... There's, Lord, there's Varys and Littlefinger in the throne room. Like, there's... There's I all sorts of I think nine's the floor. And maybe the nine is just where I'm at. I think it, Maybe I, like my, nine, my floor nine, was two. my floor was eight seven five. I'm perfectly okay. comfortable with a nine. I think nine is kind of where I'm at. I think. All right. Because right. averages it out to a mix ninety three point three. Yes, that um, is ninety three percent, which okay. is a high the highest rated of the season so far for us by half a point which is nothing to scoff at. On IMDb, The Wolf and the Lion gets a 9 out of 10 straight up. Matches up with our critical rating rather satisfactory. Um, getting there on Game of Thrones on the Rotten Rot Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, Rotten it's Tomatoes a little, is a disaster. It's always a little convoluted to get there, but we're at episode 5, The Wolf and the Lion. It was given a 95%. Look at that. Look uh, at that. So we're finding we're finding ourselves right there in between the Rotten Tomatoes and the IMDb here with a ninety three. Mm -hmm. So I really really dig where this ended up. It's a fucking great episode, and like, is it, it on IMDb? It is the fifth. It is fifth, and it's uh in rating. Fifth of all time. No, in this season. And. Is it every episode after that's There's better, only or... one episode after that is not above it. Mm. Wow. Every other one is rated higher than this one. So we are in for a great rest of the season here. Ooh. Um, and winter is blooming. Uh, I'm so glad we're doing this rewatch. We're officially halfway through season one already. And uh, I'm having a great fucking time. I'm having a great fucking time. Hopefully Tavares will be back with us next week for episode six, A Golden Crown. Where we can finally say goodbye to Viserys Targaryen, the second uh, fucking I thing. I can't God. wait. I can't wait. Mm. I'm so ready, but uh, 
yeah, man, with that, I think we conclude this episode of Winter is Blooming. If you would, head to patreon.com slash bloomer. You'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including comic book pull lists, and we actually are about to do a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special review. It'll be our first addition into uh, the comics Bloomiverse Patreon exclusive side of things, where we'll be covering new specials and movies going forward from the MCU or DCU, all there on patreon.com slash Bloom. So go check that out for me. Uh, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Follow on Hive at Penny Bloom Pod and on Tumblr at Penny Bloom Pod. Uh, leave a five-star rate and review wherever you are listening, or remember to share us with a friend. Uh, it's greatly, greatly appreciated. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And give me ten good men and some climbing spikes, and I'll impregnate the bitch.